that only 17% of borrowers have access to money. What's called the berry Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Realtors of New Jersey, right? It's not Laugh Letter New today. It's no. Real Realtors of New real, Jersey, real. right, Madison? Yes. Madison has organized her real estate agents for another episode, and we are excited because today is September 1st. I don't know if anybody knows that. Today is September 1st. Everybody knows that? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which means we have September, October, November, December, four more months of 2022, and it feels like a lifetime from my, when I saw you guys last time. It feels like, I, like the whole market is changing. I don't remember what month we met. What month was I that? Was I think May. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a blur. I don't know. I know it was, it was cold in this office, and it's pretty hot in this office right now. So that's the one thing I do know. Yeah. So let's go around the clock here. We have, to my right, I hope everybody can hear this or see this, we have Christina Hajasan. We have Darcy Reynolds. We have Gina Skadala. And then we have my trusted co-host, Madison Madness Keenan. So everybody's here. Everybody's here. And uh, so let's just talk about this, guys. I mean, whenever that month was when you guys were here last time. Hey, by the way, that was a very good episode. We got great ratings out of that. So I always appreciate that because it paid for Sammy's shirt. So I I always appreciate getting good ratings. You know what I mean? That always helps our show. Um, and so that's when we decided, you know what, maybe we should do another episode with these realtors and find out what it looks like going into the end of the year, because obviously there's been the rate increase, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's just start this show off. Christina, how many real, how, not, not how many realtors, <laughs> how many borrowers, how's the right way to say this, Madison? I just, I, I, I don't know where you're going with it. So I, I, I know, but how many bars don't qualify anymore for something they started looking for like three, four months ago because the rate oh. went up? I can tell you this. I have this one listing. Um, it's priced correctly. There's nothing wrong with the house. I have had four deals on it, and every single deal that fell apart was because of financing. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. I had just aside from that listing, I had so many buyers that were unable to qualify also. Um, and I know back in May, you know, I was like, oh, I have this many buyers and this and that. And now it's like, okay, well, completely changed. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely seeing a shift in uh, the amount of um, buyers that I have. So. And, and it's basically, I mean, Darcy, are you thinking that this is because of the rates going up? Because look, I mean, I don't know what rates always are because unfortunately I don't do a lot of loans. Madison would be way more ahead of me on where the, but I think last time I saw it a few days ago, it was like six and a quarter, six and a half on a 30 year fixed rate. In fact, I even saw, I think a 7% coupon on a, on a, on a, on someone's array of, of notes available. Uh, when I saw the 7%, I got shocked. Like it was like a wake up call for me. Like, hold on, what's going on right now? Right. Not just right? you, buyers yeah. all over. <laughs> so, I mean, what are you seeing with, with your, with these rates increasing? Are people like shocked, sticker shocked, or do they not qualify? Which one is it? 
I think a big, I mean, there's a slew of challenges, right? But I think one biggie is people are getting pre-approved and pre-qualified and they're, since the rates have changed so drastically, they're not getting, you know, re-qualified. So they still think the original numbers that they got months back still apply to today Mm. and in today's market and they do not. So I think as real estate agents, something that we've definitely had to make sure of is every single transaction, we have to make sure that they're financially qualified despite the pre-approval letter we're getting just because things have fluctuated so much. Um, And it's tough. It's really tough to coach, especially first-time buyers because, you know, they're used to these really all-time low rates and now they're seeing them increase and thinking this is like the craziest thing ever. And, you know, it's a hard coaching conversation to have for sure. Wow. So one good news for Gina because, you know, there is good news. There's a silver lining here, right? Last time we talked, gas prices were increasing. They've been decreasing. So I know you <laughs> drove like 6,000 miles for some one client or something. Right? Houses, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't heard from them. But, <laughs> I, yeah, which I'm not mad about because I've had other things that have been lined up and good. But. I've noticed a lot of like new buyers. The first thing they ask is like, is it a good time to still buy? Is it going to crash? Like, should we wait? But I see the more people are waiting, the hot, you know, the worst position they're going to be in because the rates keep rising. Their purchasing power is going down. So that's what I always tell people buy now. Cause we don't know. We can't predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't know the crash everybody's saying, but it's just, you know, leveling off to the normal before COVID. So madness. I mean, you're like the loan officer out of all these people, right? Kind of. So they're the realtors. You're the loan officer. You're the one who qualified these people at a rate, and you're the one who's got to deliver the bad news. That indeed. Um, well, one thing that I think that I have been emphasizing, and it's something that I've always felt passionate about, but I think that it's hold. True and true, time and time again, um, you have to have a relationship with your realtors. As a lender, we have to have those conversations of, hey, if you're going to show your client houses this weekend, send me the properties. Let's Mm. run the numbers. Let me take a look and make sure that everything that I've set out for you maybe a month ago still holds true. And it's not to scare the client away from wanting the house because they see the numbers. It's just being realistic or at least having those conversations. So I'll give you an example. I have a deal right now where the offer was accepted at 10%. Uh, All of a sudden, the sellers want to take all of the appliances. There's things that are coming up in inspection that we're requesting, you know, these repair, you know, we want them to give a credit, essentially. Like, you're taking everything. The house isn't going to be livable when we move in. And there's Mm. issues that need to be resolved. So it was a conversation of, okay, well, how much should the sellers give as a credit, yada, yada. And I was like, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just have the client drop their down payment? They'll still keep that same initial deposit. Now that client can use that extra two or 3% that they were putting down on their house to, you know, buy new appliances. And it was a conversation where I called the agent because I was like, look, I don't want to make changes or restructure the loan without at least informing you of what my thought process is, because I've had situations where, you know, we make changes on the loan side because it's for the betterment of the client. It's helping them maybe afford more points to lower the rate. Maybe it's just giving them a cushion after closing. And all of a sudden, if I'm not informing that realtor or that realtor feels like I'm doing something behind their back, it's 
a lot of miscommunication and things go sideways because now it feels like we're working against each other instead of with each other. So mm. I think that it's super important for realtors and clients to have, you know, a group chat or just constant communication mm. weekly, if not, you know, every other week, just for the realty, the realtor's knowledge as well. You know, a lot of my realtors will just reach out. Hey, what are what's the rates looking how, like? This? How many realtors actually know what the rates are? Like right now, if I hadn't set some rates, would you guys have known where the rates are? Anybody? Yeah. yeah? Okay. So I got Christina saying yes. I got Darcy and, and Gina kind of staring into the camera. <laughs> They're taking the fifth on this one. <laughs> So, so Christina, you kind of have an idea where the rates are, or and because you're getting daily updates from loan officers, or well, I follow a lot of people on Instagram. So, um, you know, Madison will post a lot about rates. I know a few of my other lenders will post about rates. So that's kind of keeping me in the loop because otherwise, I don't think I would really know unless I asked. So, I mean, how? So, Gina, let me come to you real quick because. I know you're down in Southern Jersey because there is no Central Jersey. I remember that, <laughs> right? You guys gave that. No Middle Western, Jersey. Yeah, Western, Western Jersey was given to Pennsylvania. I remember all those facts. So it, how important is it for the client to know where the, like the current market rate is? Like if you have a buyer show up or a pre, you know, potential buyer, right? And they're like, la, 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 show me some houses. I'm not pre-approved, but I think I qualify for 350000 well, I don't show anybody homes unless they're pre-approved. Like, just like the clients that were pre-approved and I showed them 100 and they left me. If someone's not pre-approved, we could be sh- I could be showing them a $500,000 home and they could really only afford like a 300000 home. So not only for my time and their time, it's just why get their hopes up if they're not. You know, I always, the first thing, if my buyers aren't already approved, I have, you know, a list. I just worked with Madison on a deal and it was, awesome so she's one of my preferred lenders that i send my clients to so if they don't have a pre-approval i you know send them right to the lender if not mm. they're kind of wasting their time and my time because they're you know they might get their hopes up and see a house they like and they can't even touch it because of the rate and everything like that and they're purchasing it is interesting power. how many realtors actually show houses without getting pre-approvals though it's not I mean, in the best interest of anyone's time. Like not yeah, only really. our time, but their time. Like I think it's mm-hmm. about explaining the why, right? And setting the expectation. Cause I think some people truly don't know how the relationship with a real estate agent works. Hmm. And uh, once you explain it, I mean, it's, there's no gray area, you know, it's, you got to get pre-approved. We have to have a good yeah. understanding of where you qualify. So let's stay with that Darcy for a second. Like, let's say they qualify for 350. So is that the number out, right? Yeah. But you know how borrowers are, right? Like, I know I could do 375 or I could do 380. Can you just show me that how and I'll come out with the extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars somehow? I mean, as a realtor, what do you how do you respond to that? You know, a lot of I think buyers don't understand how the breakdown works. And I'm very into staying in my lane. You know, like uh, any financial question, I always tell them, listen, this is you gotta flush this out with your mortgage lender. Um, but something I do say is, you know, looking at a property with taxes that are $15,000 and looking at a property with taxes that are $7,000, like you are going to see a difference and it's like a lever. That's truly, um, kind of how I explain it. And you kind of see their eyes wide and like, oh, okay. So if you're looking in Essex County and then you go down to maybe Middlesex County, you might have different, um, based on the property and, you know, the asset you're looking at. So I think it's, like I said, it's all about kind of educating the buyer as to, uh, you know, what their goals are and where they want to look. So Madison, educating buyers, 
Mm, my favorite. Right? I mean, and, and don't rant because we got an episode of Madness to record momentarily, right? So save the rant, right? But I mean, buyers love to get educated by loan officers, don't they? I mean, don't they just love the fact when you tell them like black and white, like this is what you qualify for based on everything that you have? I mean. I'm starting to feel like a reverse psychologist. Um, <laughs> Because it's like every single time I tell them not to do something or this is how it is, but why? But but I could do this or it's like I don't make the rules. I'm just relaying the information so that you don't get screwed and lose your deposit after we get under contract. Simple as that. I am here to advise you based on your financial circumstance. And the guidelines set out by Fannie, Freddie, FHA, Ginny, whoever. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and so let, let, let's talk about that for one second because I had an they interesting conversation in my first year. They think that I am Fannie or Annie. Maybe you can change your name. Change your name to Fannie. Maybe you just be Fannie Madison. Fannie yeah, Madison. Fannie and Fannie. Matt Fannie. What name? <laughs> Manny. I'll just be Manny. There you go. Manny no, Mac. I, I remember this one investor telling me they didn't care if Fannie or Freddie Mac were willing to approve that file. They were the investor and they were not going to approve that file. And that was a shocker to me to find. This is like my first year as a loan officer, right? Like, hold on, the guidelines say we can do this. And they're like, we don't care. We don't want the file. And so overlays came into play. And we hear about overlays today. And I'm, I guess maybe I'm getting ready for the underwriter episode in a few weeks. <laughs> but I mean, are you seeing Madison where certain tightening is happening, where guidelines could allow something, but maybe certain investors don't want to buy that loan at this time? Um, so a lot of investors have gone bye-bye. We don't, we don't communicate anymore. Um, <laughs> we've lost like a lot of our, you know, and it's not just we as an Annie Mac, I think like the mortgage industry sure. as a whole, um, non-QM has gone out the window, um, maybe for temp, you know, temporary purposes, maybe for permanent, but I think if anything, the rules have gotten stricter, um, mm -hmm. only because we could rely on those non-QM programs when someone didn't quite fit the mold of a traditional mortgage or an FHA, you know, um, so if anything, I think. A lot of overlays also went away. Uh, COVID guidelines are no longer a thing. It's not a situation where I have to collect three months of mortgage statements anymore. One mm. month of mortgage statements, good. Um, they're, you know, now they have that program where you can show 12 months worth of rent payments. You know, if anything, they're getting different, but I wouldn't say less strict. Okay. All right. So, Christine, let's get to you for a second. With your buyers, I mean, when they're, I mean, when you're out there showing these guys their houses, I mean, are you talking to them about, hey, did you get pre-approved? Obviously, if you're showing houses, you've got them pre-approved, right? I mean, I'm going to assume that. I mean, do you talk to them about programs? Like, did you talk about different programs? Like, I know I, I was working with a buyer. It was not a buyer. He's a buddy of mine, right? Buying a house in Florida. And he drove me bonkers. I hope he doesn't hear this episode. <laughs> he was buying in Utah. He was buying a house in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he'd understand. But literally, he like, wanted me to like compare a 15-year to a 30-year to a 5-1 arm. And I was like, Pete, it's, who cares? Just, you know, it's like a couple hundred bucks difference. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's not even a big loan amount. Yeah. So luckily, I've been working with a lot of cash buyers lately. But um, I can tell you that um, 
when I do have buyers that need a mortgage, um, I always send them to my preferred lender. I don't like, like Darcy said, I stay in my lane. It's not my job. Um, the mortgage lender knows best. There are a few programs that, you know, lenders will discuss with me or, you know, um, I have had past clients use and it, it's worked for them. So I could recommend those products that I know about, mm -hmm. but to talk numbers and start, you know, I always have like clients ask me, well, can you figure out my monthly payment? Nope. Mm -hmm. I stay in my lane because wow. I know so many realtors that get themselves in trouble and tell their clients, oh yeah, let me just figure it out for you. And they go on this app that they have on their phone and try and crunch numbers for them. And then it's wrong. So they'll either have to pull out of a deal or whatever the case is. I just, like Darcy said, stay in your lane. Yeah. I'm a realtor. I know everything about the inside and outsides of a house. I know the whole entire real estate process. Mortgages is not my job. So Darcy, when a guy comes to you and says, my credit karma score is 785. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> not Let's talk about the Mercedes Benz you just leased, my friend. <laughs> I mean, Senator Karma, I looked up his house on Zillow. You know, I think Madison, you posted a meme about this one day. I was right? just going to say that. Yeah, I saw that. I thought, oh, I think, when, you know, people don't always look how they do on a dating app. Yeah. Credit score isn't always what it appears to be on Credit Karma. The house value on Zillow, right? There was something else. Yeah. So Darcy, I mean, when they come to you and they say, well, I checked my score on Credit Karma, so I, I think I'm fine. I, I've, I've done everything online. I mean just show me the house. I mean, do you have to like say, no, hang on, you got to go to a lender or human being or how does that work? So everything's situational for me. I usually do give like, depending on the situation, like a showing, like a freebie showing, let's say. So if I'm like, for example, my team, we're Zillow Flex partners, we get like over 300 Flex calls a month. So okay. those uh, those calls, like the goal is we really want to meet the, I call it the driveway talk. Like you want to show- about the Zillow joke. Zillow's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we could that could be a whole other episode but um no it's like I call it the driveway talk right it's like I'll do an appointment I'll you know schmooze build that rapport but then once it comes to that driveway and we're walking down the front sidewalk all right let's talk not like you know let's let's talk strategy here yeah so I think that that's how I like to approach it but then that's where like the next like call to action if you will if they're not pre-approved they need to get pre-approved it's like it's the golden ticket. Like if they want to be competitive in this market, they have to be ready to go. And, you know, if they're not pre-approved one, we know they're not ready to go, but two, we have to kind of figure out, are they qualified? Like, are they financially yeah. able to make the purchase? So um, I don't know, for me, it's a very easy conversation. If you under, like, we understand all of us on this call, the importance. So mm -hmm. it's very easy to convey to someone. Um, it's really just their call. And if, you know, if they don't want to, it's, they're not, they're doing themselves a disservice at this point. Yeah. You used to always drive me crazy with with borrowers. Though I mean, when they would, when I was a full time LO, that they would just literally want me to approve them for a higher loan amount. Like mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, I, I can't do it. And then they're like, well, my cousin got the same thing. I thought we had the. Oh. You know, I mean, I, I, maybe your cousin <laughs> makes more money. I don't know, man. Go talk to him. And they like almost like wanted to blame the mortgage lender, like it's your fault that you're not qualifying me for a higher loan amount. And, you know, like you said, I mean, what about the Mercedes Benz payment you just took out a, a week ago? Maybe you should have got that after you got the house. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, Gina, in your area, let's 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 move switch to inventory now. Right. Because I think last time you guys were here, whatever month we I don't know, we, we can look up what month that was. But there was absolutely no inventory, you know, mm -hmm. multiple contracts, multiple offers, escalation clauses, blah, blah, blah. No appraisals, no inspections. Yeah. I'll take the. 
funky wallpaper and won't look behind the wall kind of stuff, right? We <laughs> talked about all that last year, last time. Is that still the same, Gina, or is things changing? I mean, in my area, in certain neighborhoods and areas where first-time home buyers are still targeting, like certain parts of the town, like for example, like Tom's River is a big area. A lot of people, if it's priced correctly, like I have a lot of listings, um, a few, um, I have some coming up, and if it's priced correctly, you're going to get that crowd still, and you're going to get hopefully one or two or three offers. But I don't think it's as crazy as it was. But then again. Like one of my listings just went 50 over, it just closed. And I, I did not expect it. I thought it was going to be one and we're going to have a price reduction. And like we priced it correctly. And then we had everybody like it's just the area. It depends on the location is the major thing right now. You know, some are sitting on the market, even in the right location because it's overpriced. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, you have to really be careful how you price things. And that will, you know, give the reaction of the buyers. So what, how, 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 I mean, if you have listings and we all can talk about this, how do you guys work with the seller's expectations? We kind of talk about the borrowers, right? And the buyers, but you are dealing with sellers now who said, well, gosh, that guy down the street sold his house for a hundred thousand dollars more last year. You're telling me I can only list this for X amount. And I mean, that's gotta be a, a heck of a conversation, right, Christina? Yeah. I mean, I really, I'm dealing with this right now um, on the listing where I lost four deals because of financing. Um, you know, it's really, really important to know your market and stand firm in what, you know, you know, because again, this is your job. This is my job. I do this for a living. So great example, the house down the street from my listing, one of my listings, um, sold for 110,000 over. Um, and unfortunately my clients kind of missed the, the time to list like Mm. relist before the rates went up because we were in all these contracts. So as soon as we just uh, canceled our last contract, which is about three weeks ago, uh, the market was dead. It's like midsummer, like end of summer, you know, everyone's trying to go on vacation, get their last minute, you know, hurrah in before the kids go back to school. And, you know, obviously having the conversation with them, like, listen, I think we need to do a price reduction is definitely not the easiest, Mm. but I feel like they hired you for a reason because they know that you're the professional. So I just sit down with them. I'll do anything that it takes. Um, And I just tell them, listen, you know, this house, you know, I go into specs, I go into the the age of the certain, you know, certain things in the property. So it really, you know, you have to know the area. I think that's number one. And number two, you just have to be firm because, you know, if you just let your clients stomp all over you, you're never going to sell that house. And you just have Mm -hmm. to say, listen, we can let it. And I give them timeframes like, September 1st, I told them last week, September 1st, if we do not have an offer in hand, we are doing a $30,000 price reduction. And they agreed and we're doing it. So, you know, um, you just have to be, like I said, firm in in what you believe in, because again, you're the professional and it's a tough conversation to have because they don't understand how much the market has changed in the past few months, especially Mm -hmm. compared to last year. Um, But you, you have to have these conversations if you want to get your inventory moving and uh, hopefully I sell that house soon. So (laughs) is there more houses coming on the market, Darcy? Are there more houses that are available, more inventory than there was just six months ago or still the same? I'd say yes. And the difference is they're sitting now. Like we were used to a market where it was extremely aggressive and, you know, everyone put their best foot forward real quick. Things were off in a week. That is not what we're up against right now. Um, And, you know, it's a challenging conversation for sure. Yeah. I remember in 95, 96, 
Um, and nobody tell me when the date. Yeah, I was born. Ago, I know. Don't do that shit again to me, okay? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like no house was selling. Literally, how I mean, a house could sit on the market for a year and a half. Wow. This is, we're talking DC Metro. That's insane. Right? We're not. I'm not like some rural part of Virginia, right? Some DC Metro market, and I would walk into realtors. We used to have rate sheets back in those days. I started using like really thick legal paper for my rate sheet. And my joke was when you guys are sitting around with nothing else to do in the realtor office, my paper will hurt more when you do the spitball fight. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't know how to get their attention, like, but the houses were not moving. But then when it moves, it feels like it happens overnight. Like all of a sudden you blink and every, all the inventory is gone and there's no house left anymore to buy. I mean, what I'm wondering, Gina, is like, how is there a way you, you're able, and I don't know, none of us are able to time that market, right? We just got to do our best and we got to keep going out there. But I mean, how are you preparing, I guess, your sellers for like, hey, it's, a, it's not going to be the best market right now. Do they ask you, like, maybe I should wait a year, six months, two years? For my recent, um, I went on a few listing, two listing appointments last weekend, and I sat down with them and I, you know, showed them comps of pending things right now. Um, that's what's big is pending. Um, also, things that closed three months ago, we were in a different market three months ago. Yeah. So I always reach out to agents that have pending deals in the neighborhood, even pending deals from a month ago. We know mm. we're in a different every it's like every day we have to check what's going on and you know if you have to price it according so if i have somebody that says you know let's wait i can't predict if the year's going to be better tomorrow or if you should have you know unfortunately they missed on that crazy time but it's still i always tell everybody it's still a good time to sell you know you're, you're going to get it up now because we can't predict what's going to happen next week tomorrow or from a year from now madison so, i mean you're good on predictions <laughs> just kidding i mean but we have we have our local prognosticators that are always sending us email alerts and rates are going to go lock now you know floating market you know what i'm talking about i want to mention his yeah name. no i know well i'm i'm just sitting here thinking like as the like everyone's kind of sharing their stories and i feel like i do empathize a lot with realtors because it's like here we are these people are you know, paying us essentially or hiring us as the professionals to mm -hmm. do right by them. And there are a lot of times where there's just so many, like, we don't freaking control the market. I wish I controlled the market. I wouldn't be, you know, sitting here right now. Where would I'd you be? be? You I'd be, be like Barry Habib and just tell people what to do. All right. Where's the other show momentarily, man? He's going to sit in this spot. Don't worry. Um, but it's, I don't know, even when we went to the Vision Summit. So we went to this Vision Summit in June and we saw Barry Habib, who's someone that I really look up to. And this is not to shit on Barry Habib for anyone that's listening right now, because I know that he's got crazy fans, but it's just like, what did he talk about the whole time? Non-QM products and how to start utilizing non-QM products. And then a month later, we lost some of our biggest non-QM um, investors. And that wasn't his fault. He couldn't predict what was going to happen and you know what companies were going to tank and go mm -hmm. under it was just you can only advise people from a point of where you are in day to day like gina was saying like every day you need to just be on your shit every mm -hmm. day i need to open up pricing and look at the rates i can't be afraid of the rates we can't be afraid of oh like the what ifs of the market it's just here's where we are if you have taken the steps to sell your house to buy a house 
this is what you're faced with. This is why you have the ability to sell your house. This is why you have the ability to refinance so that if and when the market gets better, you have options. Whereas if you're renting year to year, you don't have options. Someone comes to your door and tells you that you owe $400 more a year. Great. You're owing $400 more a year. You're out of the house. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize is like, yes, we're the experts, but we don't have a crystal ball in our hand and we can't tell you what is going to happen if you wait or you hold off or you, you know, decide to just give it a year. I can't mm -hmm. tell you. I don't think anyone predicted COVID, right? You know, there's just certain things that are so crazy. We'd be crazy to sit here and have a definitive answer for what the market I'll, looks I'll like. I'll throw out another year that I think you guys are more familiar with is 2008, right? Mm -hmm. and the 2008 meltdown, what surprised me the most, right, was how many people that were so much smarter than I was that were in the same boat I was. Like and I thought, and I thought yeah. that they could predict the markets. I thought they, they, like there was actual institutions who said they never actually read the contract that they were signing when they were buying billions of dollars of mortgage bonds. They never read the risk. They never knew that part of the, the bonds that they were buying, the packaging, there was high risk sliced in there with the good risk. Mm -hmm. And they never saw that. And I'm like, these guys were like smart, intelligent people that were making millions and millions of dollars off these investments, and they lost all that crap. So sometimes I do think predictions are tougher, right? But I also think as loan officers and real estate professionals, our clients are kind of asking us. They're expecting it. And I right? think they, they, are, they are saying, am I making the right decision? So far with it, though, because right? it's like, again, like, I don't want you to take my word for it if... Mm -hmm. I throw out something based on my opinion and my personal experiences. That's not to say that that has impact or weight on the entire, entire market as a whole, yeah. you know? So Darcy, if I ask you like right now, say, Hey Darcy, I'm going to buy this house and you're my agent. Is this a good time or should I wait Darcy? What, what, what's your feedback? I would turn to you, Fabi, and say, well, tell me about your current situation. Are you renting right now? Hmm. Rents yeah. are also up. If you don't buy now, what like what's your situation personally? So you're taking the therapy approach. Always. You're, I mean, making, you're making me come to my own answer. Yeah, it's not a deflector. I go right back at you, Bobby. But truth be told, you know, like it's it, you have to think of it as situational, and because every person has a different reason, they have a different why, they have a different you know, so why are you looking for properties? Why, you know, if you don't buy now, fine, but then what's the alternative? Is it staying a rental? Rent rates are also up, you know, 20% or whatever it is. So if that's your prerogative, great. Don't build equity into anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like a situation where I feel like, okay, instead of looking at it like, is right now a good time in the market? Is right now a good time for you, Mr. or Ms. Jones? Okay. Is right now a good time for you financially? Mm -hmm mentally yeah. physically you know there's a lot of shit that goes into this process you got to move you have to pack up your house if you're selling your house right now mm -hmm. you have to be okay with you know shelling out a lot of money do you have emergency funds saved over because mm -hmm. god knows that when you buy this house unless you're buying brand new construction something eventually is going to well, by the way even if you buy new construction you know what i mean yeah it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything my builder, my builder went yeah. bankrupt after he built our neighborhood. Wow. And wow. we were left with a pile of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was okay, yeah. Like, I even more that a lot, yeah. Right there. Mm -hmm. So it's so, like, okay, is right now a good time for you? 
Fuck, yeah. like whatever's going on in the market, we can't control that anyway. Like, let's look at your financial situation. Let's look at your specific. So what you guys are saying, I mean, I'm I'm going to assume you guys are all agreeing with Madison here, spearheading, and then Darcy leading the pack here with the therapy. No, I love it. She's I'm like here in the back. I mean, so what you guys are saying is basically, you guys are going to take it to the grassroots level of are you where are you in this whole process? Forget. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy this house and the market falls another hundred thousand dollars, are you okay with that? Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, right? That there's another crash coming, similar to what we happened in '08. And no matter how many facts and charts I throw out at people, they're still asking the same question: Are we heading into okay. another crash? And the numbers aren't there to show the crash. You know, the numbers are supporting, quite honestly, from what I'm being told and what I'm seeing. You know, come like spring of 2023 the rates will probably go down a little bit again and you'll be back in the market uh if nothing else changes yeah i also think too besides you know finances being ready with finances like what's your intention for purchasing this home are you planning to raise your family in here and you have young kids who you know are going to live in this house for the next 10 to 12 years okay or are you just using this home as a stepping stone because you're tired of renting and you don't plan to keep it for more than three years because maybe then my conversation is very different depending mm-hmm. on your purpose, your use, and the time period that you have intended for that mm-hmm. home. And I'm sure that, you know, the girls here are all asking those same questions, but that yeah. greatly varies. Okay, should you be even paying points? Yeah. Christina, be in real quick, though, for you, you you said you, you're dealing with cash buyers, right? So I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's investment properties. Mm-hmm. So are you seeing more investors come back into the market all of a sudden? It really depends on the area. Um, okay. It really depends on the area. So um, a lot of the cash buyers I have are actually not cash buyers. Um, well, they're cash buyers, but they're actually not investors. Um, they are borrowing money from either family or friends um, and kind of doing some type of repayment towards them because rates went up and they started shopping okay. while the rates were low. Um, so that was the alternative. And obviously my lenders are not too happy about that. Yeah, yeah. If you have the funds to do it, do it. That's if kind you of, have, if you have any cash buyers, I mean, would they adopt me so I could get some money for their families? Also? <laughs> me too. I asked 0% interest rates. Is great. I know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're saying cash buyers for primary residents, they don't want to pay the high interest rate. So they're cutting deals with their family members, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. illegal. You know what I mean, that's absolutely legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, does that obviously, I guess they're looking for better deals if they're looking at cash. I mean, are they like, are those I the guys mean, that are like looking for the deal right now? Like they feel like if there was something that was priced at 500, it should be now 410. No. So I really educate my buyers when it comes a lot. Everyone thinks like, oh, cash is king, you know, but right. our sellers are still in the mindset of, you know, and I'm sure the girls can agree with me. Um, you know, cash, it doesn't matter what kind of financing they are. They just want to see the most amount of money. So I kind of let my clients know, listen, I know you're coming in with a lot of cash and this isn't like a $500,000 deal. Like I just closed like an 805. I did a million something last week. So, you know, um, people with access to a lot of funds. Woo. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Madison actually, (laughs) off the record, Madison actually was a big part of my last closing. Um, Even though they did not use her as a lender, she... uh, Not financially part of it, but... uh, (laughs) Not financially part of it, but emotionally (laughs) part of it. (laughs) So um, getting back to what I was saying, um, 
you really just have to educate your buyer too. Just like I was saying, you have to educate your seller. You have to educate your buyer because so many people believe like, you know, cash is king. I'm going to go in on this house a hundred thousand less. No, my clients paid a hundred something thousand over for this last property. I just closed on Tuesday wow. and they were, wow. so, um, you really just have to know your market. I, I feel like prices are stabilizing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't see properties closing. Like if you look at the sales from the last three months, you don't see things going crazy over anymore. Um, and things that are starting, like I have a listing in Bloomfield right now. I listed that at 399. We're closing a little bit over asking. Um, and then I see new listings coming on in the same area that are lower. And I think it's because the competition for that area dropped a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Darcy, I know you work Essex County. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing also, but I, I noticed that and I was like, wow, we are so lucky that this house appraised when it did because I don't know where we would have been with this house. And it's not really the greatest house. It needs some work. So, you know, and the sellers know that. So if they see this, I mean, she's 95, so I guess it doesn't really <laughs> She's matter. not going to see a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, looking at an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so Gina, I want to come to you real quick because you're down by the, I think you're, where, I just, <laughs> right here, she's Kate, down Kate, by the sea. Yeah, down by the South Jersey, but not, not it's so cold. south. Like, okay. I'm not like, Tuckerton or Cape May, like, you know. I'm trying to figure like, out the like, second homes selling right now at the beach. Are, are, are those kind of properties moving or are people only really looking at primary residence right now? Um, for me, I have a lot of buyers for primary residence, but like from North Jersey, a lot of people who still, you know, sold up there are still coming down cash. And to them, this is like cheap compared to what's going on mm -hmm. still in north jersey and you know it just depends i haven't had a situation where it's their second home but i see things in like globalette or at least things are sitting a little longer now like deals that are over, you know over a million you got there's a specific group of buyers looking to buy and you know those are the listings that are on the market for longer you know over a million because there's not many buyers that could just be like oh yeah hey let me go let me go buy that right now especially if you're getting mm -hmm. a mortgage so mm. it's either you're going to have a cash buyer over by this area if you're on the beach and second home, but if not, you know, those are those are sitting for longer. Yeah, see, like for for the last couple of years, a lot of my friends, you know, what I mean, they've been buying second homes, and all of a sudden, it feels like second homes are not the mm -hmm. the the big push anymore. It's like like the first time home buyer is seems to be the people that are more looking for deals today because you, know, you can put less down when it's a first, you know. Yeah first home versus second home, mm -hmm. um, just from a mortgage perspective. And then if you have a higher down payment requirement with the higher rates, and if, you know, depending on the area you're purchasing. So I am even, you know, realizing with Florida, everyone had from Jersey went down to Florida, they all moved down South. And then all of a sudden taxes in Florida went up $3,000 this year. Mm. So it's almost like, okay, there's got to be like a leveling out period at some point because, you know, the taxes can't keep going up the same way that the rates and the prices are. Like mm. that is all going to impact so, a great market. We'll come to the end of the show real quick, but I got to ask all four of you guys, this is your first time in a down market or you guys have been around in a down market before? Gina's saying yes. I see her head shaking. Yeah, you, time, yeah. Yes. Christina? I don't know. Like when I first started in 2017, I feel like, like when I was first licensed, because again, I've been in business since I was 15, remember? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when I was first licensed. Well, you've seen them. Yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like the market wasn't competitive at all. Um, when you say competitive, what do you mean? Like I used to get houses accepted like uh, like 30, 40, 50,000 under asking. Okay. FHA, three and a half percent down. And that was all I was working with my first year. Right. Um, so I'm very shocked. Very shocked. But I mean, I wouldn't consider that a down market. I would just hmm. say it was less competitive. This is a down market. Yeah. Well, I think um, what so I want to yeah, say is like 2017, we were still climbing upward. Yeah, like the, exactly. Like the engine was still moving forward. You know, we we're coming out of that 2008. So for four years up to about 2012, nothing moved. And all of a sudden everything started mm -hmm. moving. And 2017 yeah. was one of those years where My we were like time. moving. But this is where I'm like seeing that, okay, we reached a pinnacle last whatever year that month. I have no idea, right? And then now we're like coming back down to levels where maybe we get into what I would call a normal market. Is that what we're seeing, Darcy? Like maybe, I, don't, I know you've not experienced this before, but I mean... Is, it, is this the norm that you're okay with or is this a norm that you're not okay with as a real estate say, agent? It's, yeah, it's an interesting question because I've been a real estate agent for around like almost two years now. Prior okay. to this, I was on the corporate side of commercial real estate. So this to me, I mean, I started in the heat of COVID. So I saw things like when it was very aggressive. So to me, yeah, this is, I've never seen this before personally, just because mm -hmm. I'm newer in the industry. But um, that's the thing that's so fascinating is the market shifts. Like you just got to ride the wave. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're all in a wave pool and we're just kind of, you just got to deal with it as it comes at you. So it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, the commercial real estate took a huge hit during COVID. Yeah. I mean, I got friends that own buildings around here in DC and they're like, Fob, no, I got, it's like 60% empty. So did my job. That's why I'm here <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Good point. <laughs> yes, though, for the best. Valid point. But I mean, Absolutely. Blessing in disguise. I say yeah. that all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the question to all three of you guys and, and Madison too, I mean, because think about this. If this, mar if this market doesn't, if it doesn't get like, I don't want to say better, I don't think that's the right word I want to use. If this is the normal market now moving forward for the next couple of years, are you guys collectively okay with this? That's the mm -hmm. question I need to ask. Yep. You're okay, Madison. I'm okay with it because I think right now it's weeding out a lot of people that just didn't belong. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I, I like think that. it was very congested during COVID. Yeah, I like that, I like that New, North New Jersey attitude of yours. I knew that there was a reason I had to. Get out. Get out. I get these realtors that send me offers and they don't even know how to write an offer. So I have to rewrite the offer in order to get the uh, offer presented. You're rewriting offers for other realtors? Yeah. What are you talking about? Send it back and then what? Don't get any offers? That's how it is now. Oh, yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. But you know, going forward, just yeah, I make a broker, like go back to school or something, you know? I mean, we Christina, don't I gotta ask, are you one of those agents that are like kind of slight, slightly rude on the phone when people call you when they no. that off? I mean, it really depends on who it is. I think now that I've been doing this long enough, I think I have a nice list of people I dislike in this business. I do not want to work with them. Everybody all do. Yeah. But, um, you know, no, I'm nice. I'm nice. I just can be a little sarcastic sometimes. I remember one time this listing agent said, if I don't get this loan settled, like whatever time period he was asking for, he goes, I'm going to put this house back on the market. I said, okay, great. You know, put it back on the market today because I don't want to work on this file anymore. He goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, I don't, I'm telling you the date is going to close. I know oh how long God. I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said, if you don't want to wait, put it back on the market, dude. I got other files to work on. He's like, okay, yeah. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. You so know what? You guys, 
Yeah, it doesn't scare me either because the market can change, go up and down. But mm -hmm. my personal level of service, like that's never changing, you know, yeah. so that's mm -hmm. where there's like a level of confidence. Like there's a lot of things that we can't control, but the things that we can control, like we're damn good at, you know, okay. so that's yeah. where there's no fear moving forward. Like, I think we'll just adapt and adjust. Gino, you were silent, just shaking your head there. But I want to make sure you say something. I mean, what do you think about this market and this the new norm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I definitely agree um, with with the relationships that I've built. Like, it's helped me during this time stay busy. And for example, they always say, like, agents and lenders, like, kind of die off that aren't, like, you know, building the correct relationships and taking it, like, keep doing the things that you're consistent with, even when you're really busy, because then, you know, you're going to stay busy during the shift. So that's what I've been, you know, keeping up with is keeping the loyalty, consistency, and... It's, I'm still busy, luckily, and I'm thankful. And, you know, even during this shift, I've adapted and kind of gone with the flow. That's all we could do and educating our buyers and sellers during this time. So so is this is this like a New Jersey attitude that all three have collectively put together? Like, like just we don't care. We're just going to hang tough. Right? Strong, baby. I mean, I don't hear anybody wavering. That's Jersey interesting. Jersey girls are the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be part of the promo right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there's no wavering from you guys. I didn't hear anything like uh, questionable. I didn't hear anything 50 50. You guys are pretty solid on that answer. I didn't bring in losers to this podcast. I brought in the winners, and <laughs> the real yeah. realtors, the real freaking realtors of New Jersey. We stick by our name. That's awesome. So I guess, I guess, in the long, I mean, you guys are here for the long run. That's what I'm hearing. This right? is a blip like in, in the market. Exactly. Right? Come hell or high water, you guys are continue selling houses, offer great customer service. I mean, mm -hmm. show a thousand houses to one guy who's going to ghost you. <laughs> That's a great Never story. Again. That's <laughs> a great story, <laughs> Gina. I love that story. <laughs> the last oh, one thing that me and um, Gina just had, though, I will say, like, they were bawling their freaking eyes out mm -hmm. at the closing table. So and really? Yes, and like I never went to closing. I couldn't handle that. Oh, I love it. Me it's too. like yeah. all the videos, like give me a hug. Yeah, did this. I'm getting like, the chills. Like, Gina yeah. went above and beyond. Like that was a referral that I had given from someone, and she ran with it. And like oh. we dealt with like what the hell is going on at the last yeah. second, sort of eleventh hour issues, and. Gina powered through these clients were so did Madison. I mean, we got forever. to the closing table in like 14 days. We got our arms and we were like, <laughs> oh Wow, 14 days, yeah. Madison. I would say just like two weeks, a little over, like bizarre. With nice. we got the inspection, the appraisal, everything in two There's weeks. Something. Yeah, everything went that yeah. fast. I don't even remember, like, so fast. We were in and out of review right away. I gave them an attorney. We were like, we're getting this done. This is it. We need a timeline. The kids we need to go. Attorneys and programs throughout the transaction and still close within two weeks. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's good stuff. I mean, once again, I think these moments allow customer service to be at the highest level so people know who you are. There's a saying in the, in the boating world that, you know, good weather doesn't make good sailors. You know what I mean? It's always the bad storms that make the good sailors. And so that's what we're kind of going through, you know what I mean? And, and if I you guys like can weather one. this storm, you know what I mean? And you get that, you kind of build up like we all have. Like, I mean, we're 
then you can end up like me with a dog on your chest and say, this is the greatest guy in the world on my chest. And it doesn't make any more difference what the market does. <laughs> so, but anyway, guys, it was great hanging back on the show. Hopefully we can get you guys back on maybe in December or January to get start starting the new season with that. Um, by the great. way, I think, Love this group. thank you. Um, Madison, I think our last episode is going to be November 12th. Just FYI, I'm, I know what I'm telling you right now, but that way we do get right. six Everyone. weeks off and then we'll be back in January 2023. So we'll be doing Potapalooza November 12th, 2022, which is the first ever uh, online fundraising event that we do. We did it last year and it's nonstop podcast shows from California all the way to the East Coast. And it's like amazing. And we raise money for a homeless shelter here in Washington, D.C. So if you guys want to log back on or whatever yeah good stuff good stuff all right ladies thank you so much for being here jp get us out of here my band we hope you enjoyed this edition of laugh lens and eat the podcast you can now enjoy fabi's article laugh lens and eat featured in the vision magazine please be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel where each month we are giving away some swag for our lucky listener to show off Thank you to our sponsors for their continued support, First Option Mortgage, and One Good One Recruiting. And remember, you have to be something, so be kind.